Captain Gladys, come in. What? Is it the Earth Forces? Yes. It looks like they were lying in wait for us again. It isn't easy being the most popular bell at the ball. It's too late to avoid them now. The ship is going into combat. What about you? <sighs> I don't have the authority to give you orders. I'm launching two. You sure? You're right, Captain. I may not be under your command, but I'm still a member of this ship's crew. I agree with you. Unfortunately, this battle cannot be avoided. If that's the case, then I'd like you to take command of the mobile suits after they've launched. Okay? Aye, aye, Captain. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I am Tyler Dino. You don't even have to make a joke on this Yeah, one. so we don't do <laughs> jokes on this one, Zach. You didn't have that much time. I know. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm like half asleep for some reason. My name is Zach. Yeah, I'm a, it's the burritos. I'm also kind of asleep. I, the last few days, I've been really sleepy around this time, and I have no idea why. We are going to be watching episode 16 of Gundam Sea Destiny this week. Struggle over the Indian Ocean? Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely strong. struggle. I'm not sure if it's over or in or around. Shin runs out of PP, and so Talia has to tell him to use struggle over <laughs> the Indian Ocean. That's most of Pokemon Challenge runs, so. Can you beat Pokemon Fire Red with only one Shin Asuka? Yes, Probably. <laughs> He's a very angry boy, but he gets the job done. I did notice one of those things that I was confused by is that the Destiny model Gundams and SD Gundam Generation Crossrays don't have phase armor problem, but they're constantly losing power. It's because they have the nuclear engine. But the Impulse has the same pro- doesn't have the nuclear engine. It has the same problem, but it doesn't show up in that game. I, uh, shrug. I don't know. It's it's just it's just the ones that appear in seed. It's really weird. Even the uh, even the freedom and the justice have it come up. I just thought yeah, that was which, weird. which are two that should definitely not have it come up. I just thought it was weird. Although I guess like if if it needs some like minimum reserve to be on, and then because like nuclear reactors generate energy at a constant rate. So what do they do with all the extra energy? Shoot it in their beam rifles. Like, well, mm, yeah, but, like, the suit is just sitting there, and, like... The, the I assume it has an off button? How? I don't Did know how nuclear reactors work. Yeah, that would be my assumption. So, nuclear reactors are steam engines, generally speaking, so I don't know how any of these mobile suits work at all. See, it's a fusion reactor. It's not a fission reactor. How are you translating that energy into something that a mobile suit can use? You can't just, like, absorb energy and use it. Like, Same way Battletech does it. How does Battletech do it? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Physics, mostly. <laughs> it's a nature taboo, Tyler. Like too many ghost pigs? It's a, just someone yells it in Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. And like, it makes sense in context, but it's also not something anyone would ever say. It's a nature so, taboo. Yeah. Someone breaks the laws of physics, and then someone else yells, you've committed a nature taboo. Okay, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. you're right, it makes sense in context, but that's not a thing a human would say. Yeah. (laughs) Gundam Seed Destiny is a show about an angry boy, a sangry boy, and a sad boy who's now on an ocean cruise with his girlfriend and his weird mom stand-in, who's not his actual mom, who's back home. 
and his dad stand in number two. And also his sister. He's dead, question mark, and his sister, who he needs to spend more time with. I could not. I spent, after we recorded that one episode where I tried to look it up, I spent like two hours trying to find out what happened to (laughs) goddamn Kira's dad. dad. No one knows, Tyler. He's just gone. Didn't die. He's just not there anymore. Maybe they divorced and he just like went off to become a grocer. I don't know. The thing is, like, he's just working all the time because Kira's clearly not got a job. He's just drinking with Deku's dad. (laughs) I thought Deku's dad was dead. No, he has a job in America. Oh, okay. Oh, did they actually establish it at some point? Yeah, at some point. It's like a one-off line. Because yeah, I thought in the, at least from what I was familiar with, Deku's dad, like, there's that one line about him, but they never establish, like, where he is or what he's doing. I thought it was always implied that he left. That might be in an interview in one of the manga. Ugh, my Bye. son is quirkless, like, 20% of the goddamn pot. Okay, so, it's weird that uh, Isaku's Isaku M- Midoriya's... Deku. There we go. I'm just going to call him Deku. That's way easier. Midoriya Izuku? Yes, thank you. Mido. Mido King. So, it's like a big deal that he's like one of the only people in his apartment complex that's quirkless, but like, assuming his apartment complex has like a hundred some odd people, like 20 people in his apartment complex would be quirkless. So, they say 20% of the population in total. I think that was more concentrated. Well, I think they were implying that it was 20% of the total population, but his generation, like he's one of only... Very limited numbers of people. Okay, so more and more humans are being born. Yeah, that's that's the implication. In the manga right now, there's literally a scientific theory about how long until a kid is born with a quirk that can destroy the world and he will do it before he learns how to control his quirk. I, yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say, who who does it? Jello Apocalypse did one that was like, it it was, uh, so this is basically My Hero Academia. One of the things is like, it's a world where some people are born with near useless quirks, like the ability to project a ballpoint pen from their front finger. And some people have nearly godlike powers. Well, it's now been established that the person who diagnosed Deku as quirkless, uh, as quirkless is uh, named after a terrible war crime and is an evil doctor. Oh, so that guy actually was the same doctor? Yes. So now I'm full in on the theory that Deku does have a quirk. And since his mother can attract things and his dad breathes fire, his quirk is obviously to attract hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the thing is, Deku doesn't really have a harem. Like, as opposed to most other things, he doesn't really have one. He has a bunch of crazy women and (laughs) and also Ochako who are attracted to him. Ochako is attracted to him, but none of the other girls really are. Toga. Yeah, and Kami. I guess guess Toga is. Kami, that's Toga in disguise. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I guess she recently actually showed up because I saw that as a Crunchyroll thing on my Facebook feed. I've not seen that episode yet, but it's about time Um, for her to. Because, like, his other classmates aren't attracted to him. No, not particularly. Like... Momo uses him as, like, a motivator in the episode that I really like that isn't in the manga, which I really, like, like the idea of because it goes back to him, like, writing and, you know, managing everything down. And so, like, what would he end up doing in this? What kind of crazy-ass plan would he come up with? Also, Engineer Girl, who's not, oh, like, yeah. into him, but her boobs are always in his face. Yeah, that's <laughs> but always But doesn't weird. she do that with basically everybody? We don't see her do it with anyone else. I think that we also don't spend a lot of time with anybody else around. She did talk to Eva that one time. (laughs) She used him as an advertisement. Yeah. I love that fight. Anyway, this is not a My Hero Academia podcast yet. Uh (laughs) (laughs) We we don't have the time for a My Hero podcast, although I would totally do that. Well, unless it's a Gundam becomes it's uh, Smash. (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're right. That's a terrible name. It needs some workshopping. 
it shouldn't have anything to do with Smash Brothers in general. No, it's like Texas Smash or Dakota Smash. Okay, or... okay, okay. No, you it mean the All do... Might podcast? Yeah. Okay, I... you're so obsessed with Smash. I thought that's what you were talking. Let's about. Let's go down another rabbit hole real quick because I'm trying to delay having to go to bed and go to work. <laughs> Recently, a podcast I was listening to ingest that every anime deserves a bad dub. So I was just trying to think of what they would name everyone in the Bad My Hero Academia dub. Would he be Might Man? Would he be All Might Man? Would he be Might Might Guy? Um, (laughs) I think think, uh, Midoriya would probably end up just being like Like Ted Green. (laughs) Derek! Oh, Oh, no, I like Ted Green a lot. (laughs) Well, because like, isn't Midori is green in in Japanese, isn't it? Midori is a green alcohol. I, I don't thought it was, know. I thought it meant green of some kind. Anyway, it's green related, I think. You have to do something that can be easily turned into an insult for his name, so that's tricky, but you can make that work out. Bakugo is clearly Brian. Ito <laughs> <laughs> would be Chad. Ito <laughs> is very Chad. Yeah, you're right, Midori is just green. It's a direct translation. Now, I was actually thinking a tail guy whose name I can never remember because he's so unimportant and useless. He's also like the blandest, and they make that joke. Yeah, I was going to say, he's Derek. (laughs) (laughs) He's Derek? Okay. All right, let's watch episode 16. Wait, really quick. What do they call mind control guy? The the guy who can, if you ask him a question, he can take control of your body? Uh, Edward. Edward? Because Edward Nygma. Oh, okay. Only I would make that connection, but I did. My Hero Academia, it's a good show. I, I, now I, off to Gundam Sea Destiny. Probably... All right, so last time, Atherin showed up, and he's like, I'm here, and Shin's like, I have McDonald's. <laughs> we have... Like, which this they is don't just... show in the recap, which is sad. Well, they kind of do, because they show, what's her name, putting it down. They show Mayron putting it down. Yep. Which just makes it look like Mayron had, like, Chinese takeout or something. Yeah, it's it's just a big, long last time on... Is Atherin's, like, internal monologue new as part of this recap? I don't remember. Where he's like, well, at least Kigali's with Kira. No, that's from last time. Okay, It's that's not up. at this spot in the episode, but it is from it. Also, uh, Gladys and Atherin are outside the chain of command now. Because Zaf hates the chain of command more than anything. I do love how Arthur's just glaring at him in that scene. Well, that's his job as XO. Is be quirkily British and also glare at people? He's only British in the dub. I'm okay with that. So the Minerva and the ZSS Expendable are being sent to Gibraltar <laughs> to help break the siege there. I think that actually is where yeah, it is this Catherine I, had I, that monologue. I think it was actually right outside of Gladys's office. Maybe? I, I don't know. I really wanted this seagull to just like fly into one of the launch bays. Get sucked into an intake. Yep. <laughs> and then we get the opening with a new song. They've had this song for two weeks. We've already talked about it. It's oh, High well. Color. There was the joke last yes, week about... Yes, I remember that. Chin's got their magazine somehow. Oh, well. I thought it was a new song this time, and I... I, I don't know. I liked it this time. It has been a lo- It has been a while since we were recorded, so... It is very screaming, because it's a High and Mighty Color song. It's the first High and Mighty Color yeah, song. You have, you have some, like, quiet stuff, and then some screamy stuff, and then a female vocalist for some reason, and then some more screamy stuff, and then, like, it goes back to the male vocalist for an even different reason. I've been listening to The Who, so... As in The Who-A-Who-A-Who? Who-A-Who? Who-A-Who? Oh, no, Zach is like one of the only people I know I who never, likes the Who. I, like I hadn't who. noticed. The who, 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 who. In the uh, in the shot of the Archangel's Bridge, there's the helmsman just like standing in the back, and he like is in like this weird action pose. Like he just stopped. Like he realized the picture's about to be taken. <laughs> he actually just dropped his water bottle again. We get a uh, like a look at the John Paul Jones. Yeah, the John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith, which has the 
three druggy Gundams, as well as a bunch of Windhams. I don't know if we've talked about Windhams before. I think this I is thought the they first were just, appearance. They are okay. They were not. They were daggers in the previous fight. I couldn't remember because we recorded a hundred years ago, yeah, and we were, were talking about Windhams on the Discord. And I'm like, oh man, did I forget to talk about Windhams? I mean, uh, Windhams aren't great. I think anything, someone had but... a model kit. I actually like it pretty well too. Yeah. So there's a phone call between Neo, Roanoke, and. Wow, his subordinate is looking very, very under-animated. He's stoned and at attention. He's like, please don't let Neo Roanoke realize I'm stoned. Please don't let Neo Roanoke. I mean, he might be cool with it, but I don't want to take that chance. It'd be better than if anyone else found out I was stoned. So apparently, like, he's calling this officer and trying to get him to give him a bunch of reinforcements. But he's like, hey, these forces are here to help us build this frontline base. With our evidently slave labor. I assumed it was just very cheap labor, and also they're under military protection so that they, like, you know, don't divulge military secrets. But anyway, Roanoke's like, yeah, you're building your base to fight Zaf, though, and we gotta fight Zaf, so send us your dudes. We'll leave the Gaia there with my crazy girl in it. It'll be fine. I'm sure crazy girl will defend you. Who made the decision to leave goddamn Stella? Why does she need Neo, to- Neo, Neo fucking Roanoke. Why does she need to pilot that suit specifically? So the reason they leave the Gaia is, is because it's not good at water fights. It is because it's not good at water fights. But why? Don't put her in Windham? Yeah. Why does she need to be in that suit? Why not give her one of the other suits? It's because highly marketable. she's a super soldier of some kind. Like, why is everyone tied to a particular mobile suit? I'm just. Well, they took specialized mobile suit. I, the funny thing is Stella's going to be in another mobile suit not too long <laughs> But it's like one of those preferred weapon things. Yeah, exactly. Like, All her feats only work if she can turn into a tiger. How is she going to use her run on water feet if she's in a Wyndham? I mean, yeah. I, you could, but it'd be more efficient to just use your jets. And like, this is actually a little bit more character because like, she says, everyone is so lucky I have to stay behind. Like, she sounds a little bit depressed. She's a combat maniac. She just likes stabbing people. Yeah. But Sting actually comforts her. And it's like, hey, just like hang out. I'm going to be condescending to you and say, you're be a good girl and stand by the ocean. Because, you know, this show is sexist. To be fair, then she puppy dog faces at Neo and like goes to kiss him or something. That was a really weird posture. Yes, but luckily Neo is many things that are bad, but a creep is not one of them. (laughs) Although he does give her a nice creepy hair pet. See, it's affectionate. It's like a father daughter thing, I think. I really don't like the launchers here. Not like goddamn Char, who's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, look, look <laughs> why, why would you tell anybody, or why do you think I have a crush on Quest? That's creepy. And now we bring you Char's pedophilia corner. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, everything about that was so good. Quest is a horrible human. Why does anyone like her? Only Hathaway likes her, and the answer is hormones. <laughs> well, there's also that one uh, Zeon guy who has okay, Giuni. Yeah, but... not a real person. He's a stand-in for Camille. <laughs> he also only likes her because he's jealous of Char, who does not actually like her. Also, she sat in his lap one time. I now understand that she only wanted affection, like I did. And man, that's really annoying. It makes so much sense now. I couldn't be a father figure too. Oh, that's what she wanted. See, at least Neo Roanoke is smart enough to realize when a girl wants a father figure. <laughs> and then he will pet her hair and tell her, stay by the base like a good kitty. <laughs> In your kitty Gundam. So, I don't like these launchers just because of the fact that if you get any kind of roll in the they're sea, treadmills. which is going to happen. No, it's going to sink you. They're going to have water going in there. They're right above the water. This is the first time I realized that his name was goddamn Sting Oakley. Yep. What? Yeah. So clearly his parents were uh, big police fans. 
and also he was sponsored by Oakley. He's an Oakley baby child. He's not a coordinator, though, right? He's just a... He's weird... an extended. He's a neo-druggy yeah. extended? That's what they're called. Um, I also found a thing. There's Druggy like... sounds better. Yeah, druggy. that's why That's why do you think we call them druggies. There's a... I found a thing on the wiki that like called them like mod humans or humods or something like that. What exactly like... is that, anyway? Mm-hmm. Is it just like... They're modified, not genetically. They're like cyborgs or something or enhanced. Okay. It applies to a wide variety of things you can do to a person to make them enhanced that is not genetically engineering them. So technically a dude with a pacemaker is an extended. The extended <laughs> cores. Ah, where's my coffee? I need my coffee before I do my mobile suit fights. Get off my lawn. It's, it's just a guy with like really cool prosthetic legs. and it's just, He's just got a walker. My favorite sort of cyborg, guy with a walker. He's <laughs> got a walker and a pacemaker. We see a bunch of Wyndham's taking off from the base. This is the first look we've gotten at the Wyndham. I will take your word for it because it makes me look like less of a fool. <laughs> and we see a I, bunch of exhausted, apparently slave laborers watching them all take off. And the captain be like, damn you, Neoroanoke! I'll get you next time! Okay, his face looks a lot different from how they were animating him before. Yep. Well, now he's a cartoon villain. And then we get to see the Kitty Gundam hop- rock off. Stella hopping. does some sweet Assassin's Creeding to watch the John Paul Jones lead. The John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. And Neoroanoke has this cool Wyndham that's in his excess colors. It's a pinkish red it's like a magenta type color it's yeah it's like purple and green and man that that is a choice i would make but i'm surprised that the choice a person designing a show made oh that's a choice that neo wrote and then it is that's fair it's a choice that moo would make so it is like <laughs> cheaply animated as it leaves moose would be in red would you honestly say that he wouldn't sometimes choose I like the purple idea of someone making the argument that he can't be Mulaflaga. Mulaflaga has a way better sense of style than him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you're not wrong. That suit isn't jaunty at all. <laughs> he also has some flashbacks to hanging out with Ray. And by hanging out with, I mean fighting. Meanwhile, we'll cut to the Minerva. I will say, it has much better water animation than we did in the earlier series. And they go straight to condition red because there's things on the radar. And they tell the pilots to go to their machines. Shin and Athern are already hanging out in the ready room in their gear. So uh, I'm I'm always just assuming that those two are like the on call. That pilots. makes sense. I like to think that they just don't have anything better to do. Atherin's like, well, I can brood about my girlfriend being kidnapped, or I can. And Shin but, is reading a high and mighty color magazine. The only so. reason why I think that it was like they're the ones that were supposed to be on call is because they're both already in their flight suits, whereas Ray and Lunamaria aren't. They're just very comfortable. They they breathe easily. They're just it's like lounging around in a onesie all day. They know what Wyndham's are, and there are thirty of them heading towards them, as well as the chaos. Anyway, Gladys is like, oh no, it's Phantom Pain again. Except I don't know that name. It's like, where are they coming from? I, they don't have any carries or anything. And Arthur's like, is it Mirage Colloid? And Talia's like, that's not physically possible. It would be a nature taboo. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it, like, it's not a bad suggestion because there's like, there's no carrier that they can find. But there's also, as we see, a lot of islands around here, and it could easily be in a harbor somewhere. <laughs> and there's the gift. That was the, that was the image. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, when she's right. lowering the bridge, she just looks so happy about it. It's like, hey, tell the expendable that we're going into combat. <laughs> And Atherin contacts Gladys. It's like, hey, is it the Earth British? And she's like, yeah. What? Who else would it be? I do like, she's like, it's not so easy being popular. And <laughs> Atherin's like, I have no time for your jokes. Honestly, like, I saw that and my immediate thought was, you know, it's not easy being popular. Wow, you should have seen the Archangel. This is nothing. 
And he's like, what are you going to do? I don't actually have any authority over you. And he's like, well, I'm going to go fight, obviously. She's like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. What else am I going to do? Brood about my girlfriend? Yeah, it's like, I'm not under your command, but I'm a member of this ship's crew. Also, well, I mean, not really. Kind of. It's weird. It's more he does have a briefcase here. <laughs> it's more that he's on the ship. Yes. If it sinks, he's only an okay swimmer. Patrick Zala hated Earth, so he didn't give his son a bunch of good swimming boosts. On the other hand, Patrick Zala did live in a uh, weird tower. What do we call that? A plant? No, the, the tower in the plant. That's the Plant that, Supreme that... Council building? No, the elevator thing that they always cut into when they like cut to the plants. I'm pretty sure that's the Supreme... I don't know. No, we gave it a name. I just can't remember what it was. The Mass Effect elevator. The yeah, elevator. it's the Mass Effect elevator for sure, but we called it something in particular. Whatever. Anyway, Gladys is like, you take command over the mobile suits once you've taken off. And he's like, okay. He looks very determined. I mean, it's it makes like, sense to give Atherin command because he knows what he's doing. He's, he's an experienced commander. He only lost one soldier. I mean, that's not bad. Well, <laughs> I guess does. one of them got captured also. He was also up against a much worse competition at the time. Yeah, they had one whole mobile suit and he only had four. Well, and they... a jet. <laughs> 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 but they were up against like the most advanced battleship of its, it's time. That's yeah, true. So th- that's also a thing. Anyway, they're like, Zakus, you stand by. You're not important characters. You just sit around with the main characters go deal with it with it, their cool Gundams. It doesn't make a lot of sense not to sortie the Zakus. Yeah. I'm really confused about it. I can't well, figure out why least... since it's two against 31. Yeah. At the very least, you sort you should sortie the Zakus and have them do what they were doing when they were leaving Orb and just yeah. be on the yeah, ship. Yeah, and just like provide supporting fire. Yeah. yeah. It, like you said, it doesn't make any sense to not send them out. You need tactical reserves in case the battle situation changes. If you actually have tactical reserves, you have four, <laughs> they have three. 30. It does you don't seem, have Now is the time. Reserves. It does seem like maybe they should have picked up like a Heine Weston Fluce while they were on base, but... I'm does sorry. he actually appear in the series, or is that another Oh, oh Zach, you are in for a treat. I'm sorry, did you say Heine Weston Fluce? Wait for he's it. In, he's in the opening. I saw him there. And then we get the full launch sequence of the Savior and the freaking Impulse. It's not even just the full, it's like extended. They're like, raise the... Yeah, Airproof like curtains and it's like pad the hell out of this launch sequence. So because we is, saw both Gundams bring up their operating system. So this is actually kind of fun. Um, it's a nice little attention to detail. The Savior has an updated Gundam operating system from what the Freedom and the Justice had. Yeah, yeah. So does the Impulse. So Atherin contacts Shin and is like, "I'm in charge. You understand?" And Shin's like, "I don't have to like it," <laughs> which is fine. I think. Atherin just knows he's going to be the problem child. He's so. also the only guy he's in command over, because everyone else is still on the ship. Also, Shin doesn't like him. So, besides, what is Lunamaria and Ray going to make trouble over? They say, Atherin's in charge. Okay. Well, Shin and Atherin kind of bonded at the end of their last fight, when he was like, that was crazy, dude, what are you doing? But, like, Ray and Luna both kind of, like, have vague hero worship. I think Luna does. I think Ray, it's more like a professional, he is my superior. Like, and I yeah. do know he is senpai. Yeah. They, they are the least likely to create problems. Yes, that's absolutely true. And, God, I hate the impulse so freaking much. Yeah, so much this wasted is, time. So, I had been kind of arguing for it, like, not strenuously, but this one really turned me against. I'm like, this is so impractical to have to launch four different ships to make one ship. Well, and on top of that, that's all kinds of additional crap on board that ship for all the different catapults and storage for yeah, that thing. Yeah, and I was okay with that. It's mostly just the time consu- Like, at this point, Atherin has already gone to join the battle and he's already stabbing dudes while Shane is still, like, constructing his backpack. 
It's not Shin's fault. It's whoever whoever in the military industrial complex convinced someone this is a good idea. Which is uh, read whoever had family in there or contributed the most to their political campaign. Or the lowest bidder. Never underestimate the lowest bidder. No, so you get the contract first by doing the other things. Then when you send them to the actual military, then it's the lowest bidder. So we get the uh, this swarm of them. And I do like the fact that Neo is able to bring up the savior on like his scan. And it just is listed as unknown. Sting brings it up too. He's like, what? Another new one? Well, we see it in Neo's cockpit. Yeah. And Sting's like, don't worry. I will 1v1 him at Baron. And Neo's like, wait, tactics and stuff. And then he's like, eh, whatever. I'll go fight the other one. I, just, I really like that. <laughs> I do like, he's like, eh, well, I'll go after the familiar one. I know what it can do. Split up. So Shin gets to destroying people. There are 30 of them. So they are made of tissue paper. None of them have names or anything like that. Although so that one guy is like, Elizabeth! That's not for a little yeah, while. Yeah, it's a while. Yeah, but... They just exist in order to get shot down, which is kind of silly. Yeah, I way prefer the Gundam Seed slash Gundam of, oh man, there are three suits. I mean, Gundam Seed would get to like eight at a time that Kira would have to fight, which was ridiculous. Until but it got 30 to is their arrows will blot out the sun numbers. Against... Until it got to like full scale army engagements. Yeah, until the end of the series. Obviously, I mean, it escalated uh, to that Walt point. Walt did have like 12 Bakus at one point, but even then, like. They had supporting fire. Yeah, right? like it wasn't just Kira. It was Kira, the Archangel, and like all the, the Desert, Desert Dawn guys. Yeah. And when you get the full-scale army engagements, it was not everyone versus the Archangel. Yeah. So, like, here, it's there are 30 of them. We have two. Okay, well, I guess we know where this is going to go. And it's Yes, really good stupid. thing we left the Zakus on the ship. Yeah. It, <laughs> we see later, Shin goes up against a bunch of them getting shot at, and he just, nothing is happening. So, Atherin dogfights with Singh, which I really like. Gets to show off the maneuverability of the Savior. Well, Shin just starts blasting dudes left and right. Like, it would make a little bit more sense if they showed him going into seed mode for this, but they don't. And he just is shooting them all down. While all of them miss, and he's, like, surrounded by laser fire. And, like, it wants to make Neo out to be, like, his equal, but at the same time, like, he doesn't really do anything. I do like the fact that they're using the clouds. Yeah, it's still pretty good combat, uh... And say, Neo is also not a coordinator, right? So, no. like, it's mostly he's just using superior tactics, and Shin's well, relying on reflexes. None of these are, but the thing is, like, as Jeremy said, his mobile suits, he's got more. They're just made out of tissue paper. Like, and none of them can aim. Yeah, they're filling the sky <laughs> with bullets, with energy beams, and somehow no one is hitting him. Well, Shin knows spinning. That's a neat trick. Do a barrel roll! He is Anakin Skywalker, after all spoilers. Wait, he's gonna bring balance to the show? Fair and balance. Atherin screaming at Shin about his being too far out. Yeah, because he's been surrounded by people shooting lasers all over at him. Whereas Atherin's 1v1ing Sting at Baron. And it's actually a pretty close fight. But Shin does try to start falling back. The Minerva shoots some missiles, but that's about it. The ZSS Expendable is like, well, they don't have any submarines, so I don't know. That was some janky animation. Everything went slightly sideways. Yeah. (laughs) But then they detect a unit on sonar, and it's fast because it's the abyss, and it's submarine mode we haven't seen yet. And now we get the eye catch. I mean, I like the idea, but it's not great because why would you be spending so much time underwater anyway? Well, they make specific underwater mobile suits, so it kind of makes sense. Although they are worthless, as we're about to see. Everyone, quick mid-spot, brought to you by another slow week, brought to you by Global Pandemic. I'm going to start off with the, we have a Patreon block really quick, specifically to say, hey, thanks, Sam, for throwing money at us. You know who you are. 
presumably, if you're listening. I don't know, you may not re-listen to this episode because you already got access to it through the Patreon. And that's it for that. So, because it's been slow recently, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire and Animal Crossing while watching YouTube videos in the background because that's what we do in this day and age. Specifically, I've been watching Madrybred, a guy who does stupid Pokemon challenges and actually pretty funny Let's Play content and also has a hilarious Twitter feed. And also some Modern History TV, the YouTube channel, and I recently learned what people ate in the Middle Ages, which was mildly interesting. So, if you have any recommendations for random YouTube channels that are vaguely nerdy that you're into, let me know. And that's it. I kept it under a minute. Back to the episode. So anyway, they're like, okay, we kept Ray and Luna just for this. Send them underwater. The submarine has underwater mobile suits, but let's send our Zakus because they're cool. And they're not doing anything. I do like the implication that the Zaku is built for all-purpose use. Yeah. It's an elite unit, basically. And so we get a line from Ray about the beam rifles being useless. Grab the bazookas. Because it's Gundam, and that's how it works. And we need to have at least one episode with the bazookas. To be fair, I do like me some bazookas. I, I would like to know what she was doing, because she hit three buttons that turned orange, and then she hit the same three buttons, and they turned blue. She, well, was, she switched was to it, underwater mode, which is obviously blue. I was going to say she's setting up her Spotify playlist for the fight. <laughs> Shin destroys some more dudes, but he can't get Neo, despite doing some cool moves. The goons. Do we get to see how that resolves? Because it's just like not so fast, and then we cut to a different scene. We do not, and then we get a scene that's straight out of Wing. Yeah, of the abyss being the death scythe underwater. It is. It is straight out of Gundam Wing. To be fair, it was a good scene in Wing too. Uh, actually, I think it's better scythe. here. The death scythe is a better design, though. Well, I think it was. It worked better with the death scythe because it came out of nowhere. So anyway, the goons are all blown up because they're so last season. So the Zaku's have to get underwater. Which I'm just. I think of it as, like, they're not really carrying missile launchers, they're carrying torpedo launchers. Yeah, I think that's fine. It makes sense. I do also really like the fact that just by the Zaku's design, it makes it look like they're wearing rebreathers. I do like how they're like, can you see anything, Atherin? Dude, he's in the air and busy. It's not like he's going to be able to see anything. If it was a sub, maybe, but... I don't see anything, but also Shin's way over there, so... I think they're also, like, looking for a carrier or something. Anywhere these could be Yeah, because they're from. not sure where they're coming from, right? Elizabeth! <laughs> Shin kills a guy with a girlfriend, or a crush, or a sister, or a mom, maybe. Or just he really likes that one Queen of England. Poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Elizabeth! Just like, it's just completely useless. Like, they're really making it seem like the standard mobile suits. Like, even these Wyndham's, which are, like, new models, are just so crap. Yeah, and they're labeled as GAT-04, which is, like... That's the same line as the original Gundams, right? But the the strike daggers are also Gat numbers. Okay, that's fair. Anyways. So anyway, Stella sees the fireworks show, and she's like, Neo might be in trouble. Activate Jesus mode! And it <laughs> she just starts tra- running along the water. So apparently they shouldn't let the guy behind anyway, because it can run on water. <laughs> Screw swimming. I like how his red backlight detectors go off. Do you like that? It's an emergency signal. It's like Sonar or something. Anyway, the Zaku start shooting bazooks, but unfortunately it's a Gundam. And it's also more maneuverable than them because it was designed for underwater combat. Shin destroys some more paper mache Windhams. Yeah. And Neo's like, well, crap. He leveled up like six times when he destroyed all those guys outside of Orb. What do I do now? Here comes flailing as hard as she can at the water. I do like the doggy paddling. I will say I like the fact that the guy just tackles Shin. Yeah, she did move. And he was like, ha, my trap card. Girl tackle. 
<laughs> Use glop. It's super effective. It's like she's thinking the same thing. I do like how Atherin notices Shin's plight and actually shoots past Sting to chase off Neo. Yeah. Provide support. Although I swear to God, we've seen him do that transformation like three times in the last two episodes. Hey, they animated it once. So apparently Stella's primary tactic is she wants to just glomp as the uh, dog dog version. But so she transforms into man mode and they face off and we get this one beautiful image of the impulse with the water on it and steam coming from his beam saber hitting the water. Meanwhile, all the flying ones are attacking Atherin and he's like, Shin, pull back, pull Pull out, man. If she glomps you one more time. (laughs) (laughs) A very undetailed shot of the Gaia comes up. And they start beam saber running at each other. Very awkwardly. It, yeah. it, it looks, looks so, so ungainly. Honestly, with the like jetpacks that they have, I always think Gundam like running around looks weird. It's like you can fly. So all the base has is some tanks and some machine guns, so they get them out because the Impulse and the guy are five foot stepping their way towards the base, <laughs> apparently. Apparently in this process, they have teleported off the beach into the base. It's in the forest. It's OHMSD-mesque. Anyway, we see a bunch of the workers escaping under a hole in the fence, but then some Earth Force's guns... Earth Force's guns start shooting at Shin, and he's like, oh, look, there's a base there. How did we miss that? He's like, oh, they're still building it. It's like half a base. It's like in StarCraft, when an SCV is just in the middle of building a factory, and you're front line. Pay no attention to this command center. And anyway, he sees, oh, they're forcing civilians to build it. And then to cover it up, I guess, or just to be vindictive, a bunch of Earth soldiers start machine gunning them. I, yes, machine gun for them. I don't know why. I it, don't, like, it really doesn't make any sense. And I said off the mics that it's specifically a shot to make you really hate the Earth forces here and sympathize with the main character since he hasn't really done a whole lot to make you sympathize with him. And he's going to commit war crimes this episode, too. It's also to, like, motivate him to do that, though, because I don't think he would have done that if he hadn't seen that. Yeah, that's fair. It's just like they had no reason to do it in the first place, so it's like this chain of stupid. Welcome to Gundam Sea Destiny, <laughs> a chain of stupid. It's a chain of poor writing. I feel like that's a good subtitle. <laughs> Either that or it's a good title for the second series in Kingdom Hearts Abridged. <laughs> <laughs> chain of stupid. Chain of dummeries. Sting is still fighting Atherin, who transforms again. And Atherin, like, already called to Shin to get out of it. Like, he's tried ordering Shin away. And Luna Maria takes a hit that blows off the arm of Herzaku, which, like, this is another one of those problems I have. Like, because she's a main character, she lost her arm and is fine. Yet we've seen stuff even in this episode where they lost an arm and the whole thing exploded. Yeah, the Expendable's about to take one torpedo and go down. <laughs> yeah, or it's like, I like, well, actually, he does shoot it multiple times. But it just doesn't make any sense because, as you put it very perfectly, they are the paper mache Windoms. To be fair, she's got a lot more HP because she leveled up a few times. Yes, but that was an explosive, so it does additional damage. Explosions do an additional 500 damage as opposed to beam weapons. It's also another example of Luna Maria and Ray just doing nothing, Yeah, functionally, to move the story forward. Yeah, After- that, that guy just lost his head, and he goes over and explodes. Anyway, Neo's like, oh, well, I thought 30 would be enough guys to fight two, but I guess I'm wrong. Time to bounce. Yeah, and he calls everybody else. We're done. We're leaving. Everybody go. I was like, why? He's like, well, the guys we borrowed all died. <laughs> and the enemy, <laughs> enemy fell on the base. So we're screwed. And I was like, what are you doing, dumbass? And he's like, well, hey, you didn't do any better than I did. And I, he's like, well, I'll show you. I'm going to go blow up the expendable. And Ray and Luna are like, let's walk. Oh, wait, no, they're supposed to protect that. No, not the expendable. 
and then now, now the they find the John up. Paul Jones because it was behind a rock earlier. I love how Shin just watches the guy leave. He's like, oh, all right. Bye. He's like, <laughs> how does she jump so fast? <laughs> I thought I got an attack of opportunity. <laughs> Not in dog form. It's immune to this. I just realized he has no, a... No, she took a five-foot step away. That's and the then abyss, ran. right? Huh? Uh, I was piloting yeah. the abyss. Yeah. I like how it has a bayonet on the bottom of it so it can, like, drive by, <laughs> I guess. It fires some torpedoes at the expendable. They do evasive maneuvers, but it's too late. They start to take on water. It uses its rear-facing guns on the way back to blow it up. Yeah. It was also made of paper mache. Yeah, so it it goes up. It makes a big splash. The Minerva gets all wet like it's a theme park ride. <laughs> Gladys is like, I'm determined now because the expendable has been destroyed. Owls like lol. And somehow it is managing to smoke so badly that it is appearing on the surface. That is not how fire works. This is special fire, Zach. It's waterproof. Shin somehow sees that this has happened and gets extra angry. So he starts vulcaning all the tanks to death. With his cool chest Vulcans. Which, I mean, that does make a little bit of sense because they were shooting at him. Yeah. Like, most of these are st- are shooting at him. But then he starts gunning down unarmed people and just destroying mm. this base. Yeah, we don't see him actually shoot any people, but he definitely causes some explosions that take out some retreating officers. And Atherin is just like, God damn it. And he's like, hey, stop. There might be, like, evidence or stuff. They don't. Also- they can't fight back. So he, like, in frustration, goes and rips up the fence that's keeping the families apart. Who are all terrified of him, by the way, until they realize, well, I mean, like, what, wouldn't you be? Yeah, no, for sure, definitely. It's he a just giant robot. Been a, like, and he just spent a bunch of time machine gunning everything he could find. But then they all smile because he rescued all their dads, slash husbands, slash dads. And Chin's like, I did my good deed for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I'm do really like the animation on his, like, content smile there. Yeah. I'm satisfied. And then he takes off with his jump jets, burning all the people behind him. Burning all the peoples. <laughs> we cut to sunset on the Minerva, and we hear a nice bright slap as Atherin has just slapped Shin, and we're sad we don't get to see it. But Shin's like, if you want to hit me, hit me. I didn't think I did anything wrong. So Atherin hits him again, <laughs> and we do see this one. Yeah, it just hits him again. It's gr- and it's an open hand slap. It's like, you're well, not even worth slap. me decking. So it, and Atherin gives him the... Uh, it's war. It's not a game. Stop making decisions to suit yourself. I like that line because this is a lesson Atherin has learned. Like, he did have one that wor- kind of worked out when he turned on Zaft. But when you look at it, the other one where he didn't just destroy the strike directly resulted in Nickel dying. Yep. Yeah, I'm a little torn on it message-wise because Shin is basically doing what Kira would have done. I mean, Kira would have been less violent about it. Kira would have freed the civilians, but he wouldn't have destroyed the base like that. Yeah, and I was just saying, Atherin's always kind of played by the book by comparison to Kira. Yeah, as a character thing, I think it's fine. As like a thematic show thing, this is not too different from, say, Kira Yamato saving a lifeboat and bringing it to the Archangel and Natarl yelling at him for it. To well, be fair, at the same time, Atherin did give Shin some direct orders that Shin that's ignored. True. And so that's the other thing that this is going at, is that Shin is ignoring direct orders, which could get him into trouble. And he's I, a lot more violent about it than Kira ever was. I don't Every, dislike the scene or anything. I'm mostly playing devil's advocate. Most of the, most yeah. of the times uh, Kira disobeyed orders. Number one, he wasn't a soldier to begin with. And number two, it was usually as a humanitarian effort that didn't result in dozens of people who couldn't fight back dying. I mean, kind of in an end goal, but that was never the intention and wasn't really his fault. So anyway, Atherton's like, hey, show you have the responsibility to use the power that you have. But I do like that Shin's like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Because like 
everything Shin has done while it's been wrong and off the book has worked. He hasn't gotten shot down. He kind of probably has a hero complex thing because he did single-handedly save him. extremely lucky. Yeah, but if you're a lucky teenager and you're lucky twice in a row. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with Jeremy. He's you're probably invincible. got himself a hero complex at this point, especially when you take into account, like, Lunamaria has been hit a couple of times. And one of the occasions, he did save Lunamaria. So there's that. And I like Atherin's line of show you have the responsibility to handle it. Like, stop acting like a child. Which we've mentioned that he's handling here. He's been holding on to his like his grief at his family's death for two years. So like that kind of plays into Shin's basic character. So I do like the in like the credits start rolling over shots of the destroyed Windoms and the in the natives though. Yeah, walking away as the ending theme starts to play over a burning base. So that does it for episode sixteen. Tyler, you have a high point. I'm not sure if this is an actual high point, but I want to say Stella running on water. Uh, <laughs> Like, it's surprisingly well animated in addition to being very funny. Yep. Zach, do you have a high point? Man, this one is not not very good for high points for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Seed had a lot of high points, and sometimes it was hard to choose a low point. I think this is going to start having the opposite problem soon. I think I would have to go with Atherin trying to reinforce to Shin that I'm in charge. I'm in command. Listen to what I say. Yeah, I'm also pretty struggling to find a high point. Huh. Let's see. Let's see. I guess I'll go with the laser dodges that Shin does because they are cool. Oh, no, I'll go with that shot of the impulse dripping wet with the steam coming right, off the That is saber. a really cool individual scene. I will give you that. Well, I guess not scene, but still. Yep. Yeah. Tyler, low point. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go with the existence of the expendable in this episode because it... <laughs> It did not exist before this episode and existed to only it to be blown up. It did exist last episode when it left with them. Yeah, that is true. It existed only to be blown up. Zach? Paper mache Windoms or... Yeah, that's up there too. The extended launch sequence. Or Atherin transforming eight times and we we had to watch it every he single time. He only actually transforms twice. I think that seems cool though. I'm, I'm You can layer that into any episode and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think it's I'd like have to go with the paper mache windoms because, like, you give the number and then it doesn't mean anything. It's a little ridiculous because, like, we were talking, like, even in C, they never fought that overwhelming odds. And it really does give the feeling of, like, we have to make our new character look cool because look at what Kira and Athrun were doing. And it's like, but at the end of C, Kira has earned that in terms of a character, whereas Shin hasn't really earned this. Oh, it's power creep, right? They accidentally made the end of their last show too powerful when they well, started he, a sequel. Honestly, that wouldn't be that big of a deal if you made that and just reset back down on power level because of the fact that Shin isn't there yet. Yeah, and also, hell, Atherin's arguably not even there. He's having trouble just fighting other mobile suits. and like He's, he's out of practice. He's a very good pilot, so... He's out of practice in an unfamiliar mobile suit. I'm gonna go with, and also... Ray and Luna are there. <laughs> hey, let's go protect the expendable. Oh no, it exploded. Oops, we failed to protect the expendable. Yeah, it's just oh, man. It was there's... your turn to walk the dog, Ray. It's just so much wrong with with this episode. The thing is, it's like not a bad episode, but it's definitely not a good episode either, right? It's just some action, and at least what I can say about it, transitioning into final thoughts, is it advances Shin's character and it advances the Shin Athrun relationship. Yeah, I actually do like that. that. It's just the structure around it 
is done poorly, which drags the whole thing down, in my opinion. Bonus high point is the uh, people who are press gained into helping build the base just being like, well, fuck that thing, and then leaving. <laughs> I mean, that's a good that's a good shot just because of that what that is, but like it reinforces or it's trying to reinforce. Look how much big of bastards the Earth forces are when we've seen se- at least several instances of Earth forces people who aren't bastards, and it's just like. Yeah, we're just going to keep translating this over from the previous episode. Now they're worse. All right. Do we want to add something to our list of mobile suits? Sure. So I think I, we've seen the Abyss's gimmick now. We can do the Abyss or we can do the Wyndham's, I feel like. Oh, uh, let's get the Abyss out of the way. I assume we get to see more Wyndham's later. Uh, yeah, we do. How do we think it compares to the Chaos? I kind of like it more than the Chaos, if I'm being honest. I prefer the Chaos. I like the firepower that the Chaos has, and I don't really like the fact that the Abyss is really discount um, Death Scythe, Scythe, and it is reinforced here because they have that scene almost recreated worse from Wing. I actually like it's like transforming underwater mode a lot, and it seems ridiculously viable if that's the arena you're in. And I also don't really care for underwater mobile suits in general. That's fair. A lot of my favorite mobile suits are happenstantially underwater mobile suits, but I just like their design. Like the High Gog. I think I prefer the Abyss slightly. Okay, right above the Chaos is the Duel with the Assault Shroud, and I honestly don't like it as much as that. Yeah, I think I agree, actually. <laughs> I like the Chaos more, so... Alright, so the Abyss goes at 28. Well, that was a tough one. <laughs> right above the Chaos and right below the Duel. With the assault track. Hey, we do have a set. No, we, we have the things that we like. That so. is fair. All right. So that was sure was an episode of Destiny. Join us next week when we will be watching episode 17, The Soldier's Life. It's The Soldier's Life for me. Square meals three. Twice a day. I get to scrub in the privy. I think it's 95% Someone cut me boredom. off before I get Just shut up. Or some lyrics. After that, we get an episode I remember being good. So we'll see. Until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny. we're still building what how'd that happen you losers just calm down you didn't take out any big targets either now did you